I stay so booked on Airbnb and Verbo that I just don't mess with anything else. Don't complicate my life with it. And, you know, to get around that, you know, what we had to deal with, with Airbnb last year, I really can't stress enough the importance of having cash reserves for those exact instances. I mean, that was a worst case scenario, absolute worst case scenario. And uh, we actually broke even, we did not have to touch any cash reserves because we got a few bookings from people who lived in big cities that were drivable that said, oh, hey, I wanna work from home from your place. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. I am your host, as always, Yona Weiss, and it gives me great pleasure to be joined today by Avery Carl. Avery is an incredible resource in the short-term rental industry. Guys, if you want to learn about vacation rentals, I mean, just go and check out the shorttermshop.com where I put in the show notes. But without further ado, Avery, how are you today? I am doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I first actually came across you on the Bigger Pockets podcast because once you get on that, like the whole world knows you, right? All right. Uh, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure that helped. Uh, your business a little bit, as most people it does. <laughs> a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely does. But she's been doing this for, for a few years now. She and her husband are located in Tennessee and they're focused on, uh, they have a team, right? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You have a team that focuses in different locations around the country where, where you are selling vacation rental, short-term rental properties and specifically helping people kind of ease their way into that industry, which for me, I've just recently learned a lot more about it. Thanks to you guys, actually, believe it or not, you have a, you have an incredible Facebook group, which we'll put the link to that here also that I'm a part of. And it's just a resource for tons of people in the short-term rental uh, space. If you have a vacation rental, if you're thinking about buying one, so much information, so much resource. I'm going to stop talking because I want to hear a little bit from you, how you guys first got involved in the, uh, the short-term rental space. It was mostly by accident or not necessarily by accident, but it was certainly not on purpose. So uh, it's kind of a long story. Um, we moved to Nashville. We don't live there anymore, but we moved there from New York City in 2013. And at the time I didn't have my real estate license and our agent at the time was really trying to get us buy to buy in this super hip, fast appreciating part of Nashville. And we didn't want to do that because we were coming from Brooklyn. We were sick of neighbors. So we wanted to buy out in the country, have a little space. So we did that. But we did have a little bit of money left over. And we thought, well, you know, maybe we should buy one of those houses. And uh, maybe in year, the years to come, it will have appreciated enough for like to pay for our future kids college. There's a terrible reason to invest in anything. Appreciation is not the way, reason. We didn't know what we were doing. We did buy one. It actually, we still have it. Uh, cash flows a thousand bucks a month over the mortgage. We paid 120,000 bucks for it. So it's doing really well. I think the mortgage wow. is like 650. So got super lucky that we did not make a giant mistake there. Uh, but once we got that first rent check, we thought, okay, this is something that we want to do some more of. So then we started actually educating ourselves and reading books and listening to podcasts and, you know, right. all the various resources that are available. And uh, so we had like one down payment for like 
roughly one single family home's worth of a down payment left. And we thought, well, what can we buy that's going to make us the most amount of money the fastest so that we can go buy more faster? Mm -hmm. So we landed on short-term rentals. Didn't want to do it in Nashville. The regulations are way too crazy. They change all the time. So we thought, well, where can we go where it's just such a normal thing for people to stay in a property, like in a single family house or a condo, rather than a hotel? Uh, and we landed on the Smoky Mountains. Uh, which is about three hours east of Nashville. So totally friendly regulations. Everybody who goes there rents a cabin. Nobody stays in a hotel. There's not really even much of a hotel presence at all. There's a few, but not really. Mm -hmm. So again, didn't have any mentorship or education on what we were doing. We just thought we can do this from Nashville without having to hire a property manager. Those guys are charging way too much. We can figure this out. So again, we just pulled the trigger on something and learned how to do it later. Mm -hmm. And that first one ended up being really successful, scaled that into five in about a year and a half using a few different financing strategies. Five years later, we have roughly 44 doors right now. Uh, not all of them are short terms, only six are short terms, the rest are long terms. I am a big believer in a diverse portfolio. And now we have, the, I've got my real estate license somewhere along the way. Uh, started the short-term shop, which is my real estate agency. We're with EXP and uh, we operate in the Smoky Mountains, the Panhandle of Florida. So Destin, Panama City Beach area, Gulf Shores, Alabama, Blue Ridge, Georgia. We're about to open one more market in Florida and we help short-term rental investors buy vacation rentals and, you know, walk them through that process and right. teach them how to manage them so they don't have to pay a manager to do that. Very cool. So tell me a little bit about the Smoky Mountains because I've never been there. But I've heard from a lot of people and many of your clients actually have come to me for consegregation. But one thing that I've really been fascinated with is what's there? I mean, Pigeon Forge, I've heard this name before and, you know, some other locations out there. What's there? Why are people going there to live in a cabin, you know, to vacation <laughs> in cabins? I mean, it's just fascinating to me. I'm intrigued. I'm like, oh, maybe I should go check it out myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's not all that different of a vibe from like the Poconos up near you guys. So the main attraction in the Smokies is the Smoky Mountain National Park. It gets about 13 million visitors a year. And then there are tons and tons and tons of like ancillary attractions that have been built to, you know, catch some of that wow. tourism. Like okay. Hollywood is the biggest one. So there's just a lot to do in the park. And it's not like the Rocky Mountains where it's inaccessible a lot because there's so much snow. It really doesn't snow much in this market. Oh, it did this year one time for like two or three days, but mostly that was the first time that's happened in several years. It'll mostly just kind of dust and then it'll be, be gone in a day. So it's accessible almost all year. Mm -hmm. And there's just a lot to do. It's a really affordable vacation and it's drivable for a lot of the major cities in the US, you know, not necessarily the Western states, but right. Midwest over to East Coast is mm -hmm. pretty accessible. So I think that is a big reason that it is so popular. The Smoky Mountains are the most visited national park in the country by double. Really? Uh, I think, okay. yeah, Grand Canyon was number two and there they only go. got six million. So. There you go. Wow. That's incredible. Okay. So we're, we're learning about the Smoky Mountains, that it's a place that, you know, 13 million people a year are visiting. So there, and there's not really such a hotel presence. So there's a lot of room for short-term rentals out there. And, and so you guys are kind of cornering that market in terms of uh, buying houses. And I've noticed there's a lot of uh, new construction of cabins coming up. I guess that's because, you know, to fit the need of, you know, of the tourists coming in. 
Yes. So it's a combination of things with the new construction. So in 2016, Gatlinburg had a really crazy freak wildfire that burnt down something like 25% of the cabins that existed at the time. Wow. So I think we just now kind of gotten back to that equilibrium number that plus the increase in tourism. I think there was a million more people visited last year than the year before. So uh, just a lot of demand, a lot of growth. And also just, you know, building back what we lost in 2016. Sure. No, absolutely. Okay. So give me a little, I'd love to, you know, just tip for a comparison sake, right? You guys own some rental properties, right? Long-term rentals and the short-term rentals. When you have clients coming to you and they're like interested in you know, self-managing the short-term rentals, because it is, as we've seen, much more profitable, even if the occupancy is much lower you're still making a lot more money because it's on a per night basis as opposed to a monthly or, or yearly kind of rent basis. So what are some of the you know, things that make it, besides for the income, right? Obviously, is, it, is there anything else that like kind of makes it more attractive of a, of a rental? Well, it's kind of the opposite of what people think. So a lot of people think, okay, I don't want to get into short-term rentals. There's going to be so many people in and out of there. It's going to be a lot of wear and tear. But actually my short terms are a lot easier to maintain than my long terms just because they're being professionally cleaned two or three times a week. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, who knows what my tenants in the long terms are doing for years at a time. And when they move out, I can pretty much expect to have to replace carpet, paint, you know, a lot of stuff. So I end up over the course of time spending more money on the maintenance of the long terms than on the short terms because of that. That's interesting. Okay. So that's a really fascinating factor that makes it, you know, more attractive as well. Let's talk to the point like of people coming in and out of your property all the time. Presumably a lot of this is done through, um, through third-party apps, right? There's Airbnb, there's um, VRBO, is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Another yep. one. And there's uh, some others and I'm sure some people self-manage as well. I mean, in terms of their own website that's bringing in, mm -hmm. in deals, but you know, can you talk to that a little bit? Meaning that it's different in a way from a, a short term, a long term rental because you're kind of employing a third party service to to make those bookings. How how does that affect you know the fluency, I guess, of of the investment? So a lot of people, especially since COVID last year or and this year, I guess, uh, are moving towards. Uh, there's, there are some platforms that help you book direct, like hashtag book direct is like a big movement in the short-term rental community right now uh, that will help you. You know, they have website templates, they have the payment processes already in place. It's just kind of like a white label thing where you put your properties in. Okay. Uh, so that is definitely a movement that's happening. Uh, Airbnb and VRBO, a lot of people had problems with Airbnb and the cancellation fees and, and them overriding the host's cancellation policies for coronavirus. Really? So I recommend, I mean, there's a ton of platforms that you can use. I stay so booked on Airbnb and Verbo that I just don't mess with anything else. Don't complicate my life with it. And, you know, to get around that, you know, what we had to deal with with Airbnb last year, I really can't stress enough the importance of having cash reserves for those exact instances. I mean, that was a worst case scenario, absolute worst case scenario. And uh, we actually broke even. We did not have to touch any cash reserves because we got a few bookings from people who lived in big cities that were drivable that said, oh, hey, I want to work from home from your place. But you've got to have the cash reserves in that situation. And a lot of people fly with way too thin of, of a cash reserve cushion. 
Interesting. No, that's important. Would you say more of a cash reserve than, um, you know, for example, long-term rental? Uh, it just depends because with long terms, there's you're not paying as many utilities really mm -hmm. uh, because the tenants are typically paying those. I recommend if you're like trying to scale really fast and you want to use all your extra capital towards more properties, I would recommend, you know, like three months worth of of a cushion, but I mean, six months would be ideal. You're probably never going to have to use it, but it's a lot better to have it and not have to use it than the opposite. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Crazy. Have you ever had like some crazy story? I mean, I've read already on your, on your Facebook group that you guys run, there's a lot of activity, right? A lot of engagement. People are constantly like asking, you know, Hey, this just happened to me and my property. Can you share any, um, like horror stories or nightmare stories that, that have happened? if any have yeah so we haven't had too many or i guess maybe now that we're pretty seasoned we just don't get as wound up about them i mean last <laughs> week actually the one that's down we're actually in florida right now uh kind of where one of ours is in destin in the panhandle somebody checked out and texted us hey uh there's raw sewage backing up in your oh. shower and we we're like oh my god what is this turns out when we got there i mean like beer cans everywhere. I mean, not everywhere. They were in the proper trash receptacles. They really didn't leave it a mess, but somebody was drunk and put something in the toilet that didn't need to go there. And then it, it backed up, up in the rest of the house. So, you know, That's not that bad. was not, That's not yeah, bad. it wasn't terrible. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't cool. It was just a phone call to a plumber to fix it and a phone call to the cleaner to, you know, clean, throw the shower curtains away, you know, clean extra good in there, extra well. The yeah. other ones that we've had have really just been more like dealing with the general public can be really difficult because people are weird and they get weird about dumb things. And, uh, it's really just been more like, uh, we, uh, we had a really bad review one time, one star because, uh, our property that is only like two miles outside of town in a little neighborhood. Uh, the guy felt like there were so many windows that if a bear was walking by and wanted to come in and eat him, it could, and he would have a quote slim chance of survival. And he gave us one star for that. Because there were too many windows. <laughs> yeah, for the hypothetical bear thought process. Oh man, that guy must have been yeah. on something. But um, <laughs> but you know, I I do I do love and commend you guys on the fact that since you are seasoned in this, you've been doing it for years. Um, that definitely comes with a lot more, um, I guess, laid backness, if that's a word. Uh, I just recall <laughs> a post recently, like someone was like freaking out over something that happened to their their uh short-term rental and i saw your husband luke who's very very active on the on the facebook group which is like stay calm right everything's okay <laughs> don't worry you get through this but you know it's kind of that resourcefulness I and mean, you guys are dealing with a lot of new investors and new people that people are taking you know w-2 workers maybe high net worth people they have you know, doctors you know whatever industry they're in and they're taking some of the capital, putting it into these short-term rental properties from out of state. And for a lot of people, it's a, it's a new business for especially people who aren't necessarily used to being business owners, mm -hmm. right? What, what are some tips or some advice that you give to your clients? Like from that standpoint, you're coming from, you know, wherever the Bay area and you're like, you want to put, put the, you know, some money down into a short-term rental but you're nervous because it's out of state and you've never run a business before. What, how, do you, how do you walk them through that? 
I, I mean, I try to be straight with them that, you know, something is at some point going to go wrong. It's not if, it's when. And the first time is going to be the worst time. Every time after that, you're going to have been through it and it gets easier every time something goes wrong. It is almost always they're on their first guest. I mean, it happened to me. Uh, our very first guest we ever had on any platform and any property called us and said, uh, hey, it's when I turn the shower on upstairs, it's like raining into the downstairs bathroom. Turns out he let his kid overflow the bathtub upstairs. So, you know, it, it made its way down. Uh, but we were like, oh my God, what did we do? Why did we buy this? We spent all our money on this. What are we going to do? And, and it ended up being fine. But I do very vividly remember the anxiety and the nervousness of being new. So I try to always remember that when I'm helping a client through, you know, their first situation, because there's always going to be a first situation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there is that anxiety regardless. And I think for a lot of people, there's that kind of analysis paralysis as well that they call it, right? Just like waiting and trying to figure out if it's worth it, you know, when to do it, when's the right time, where's the right place. But you guys are seeing still a tremendous amount of activity in, in the area, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, coronavirus actually call, caused more of a boom than anything and a big one in a lot of the markets that we're in, all the markets that we're in, because they're so drivable. So, you know, people don't necessarily want to fly to Mexico to go to the beach right now uh, because they don't want to get on planes and be in confined spaces with people, but they will drive to Panama City or, you know, same thing. Maybe they're not flying to Aspen, but they'll drive to the Smokies for the weekend. So uh, we've we've seen a very large uptick in our prices per night in all of the areas. Well, and also I presume that's helping the overall uh, appreciation of the properties, uh, you know, the home it values is. in these places going up. Yeah, the the market, especially in the Smokies, I mean, it is, you have got to be ready to get in the boxing ring if you want to buy a place in the Smokies because everything is multiple offers. And I mean, we do, we win a lot of contracts. We did 325, I think, cabins in the Smokies last year for our clients. So we win them a lot, but it just takes a lot more to get one, it takes a lot more tries than it used to. Wow. Are there, you said you're, you're in uh, several different markets right now. Is mm -hmm. there um, any other like emerging markets you guys are constantly researching or are you kind of taking it, taking it one by one? So I've, I've always got a few ideas like swimming around about, oh, maybe that'll be a good next market. And, you know, it's something that I kind of look at in my spare time. And uh, we've got, we're announcing one more Florida market probably in the next two weeks. And then we'll probably get into, I think, three, maybe four more this year. So uh, there's always more on the horizon. Florida is a great place to vacation. That's for sure. Yes, it is. <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Awesome. Well, this, is, this has been really insightful. I mean, are you, are you someone that is like constantly, I mean, you guys are a team, obviously you have a whole team of brokers working under you at this point. How's that business been growing in terms of, you know, obviously we spoke about the short-term rentals and we talked about obviously the growth to sell 325 rentals in a year is pretty impressive, right? <laughs> to say the least, even with a team. <laughs> but how has that business been going? You're growing that team and uh, kind of taking that on. It's been really great. Uh, I have some really great agents who work with me. I mean, I would say we're adding like an agent a month right now to handle the amount of volume that we're doing. So it's definitely growing. It's definitely thriving, uh, which, wow. you know, that's a whole different anxiety stream for me is like, what, what is Zillow going to do to the real estate agent industry? So, 
you know, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, the best way to, and I think that the investment related agent is going to be the last one that it affects. It's going to affect the primary home agent first, right. but that's always something that's kind of on the back of my mind. So, you know, what's the next thing? So uh, we're definitely growing. Everything's looking great on that front and just trying to adapt to the changing environment. Yeah. I mean, these places are our tourist, touristy towns, right? I mean, are mm -hmm. they, are the residents as well, or is it majority um, tourist homes? Majority tourists, very, very few full-time residents. Uh, I would say, I'd, I'd even venture to say that there are more short-term rentals than there are people who live there in some of these markets. Yeah, that, that's probably a fair assumption, especially given the the traffic that's going there. I mean, 13 million people a year in in a little kind of you know county in the northeast Tennessee. <laughs> there are probably not mm -hmm. that many people yeah. living there. Yeah, I actually saw that Sevier County did just under three billion in tourism last year. That's awesome. In yeah. a year where tourism was hit so hard. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, you're in the right business, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and anyone else listening to this that wants to get the, get involved, make sure to uh, reach out to, to Avery and Luke and, and the whole team over there to, to see how you can get involved because I'm telling you, this is, this is something that's just going to keep booming for the next many years to come. That's for sure. I mean, I'm looking for myself. I'm, I'm honestly, <laughs> no, seriously, like I've, since I've come across your group and, and many people that have come through there are telling me the numbers in terms of the occupancy, number one, and in terms of the actual revenue that's coming in, like way like blows out of the water any single family rental that I've ever heard of anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. If you decide you want to go down that road, call me. We will give you the <laughs> VIP short-term shop treatment. Okay. Well, right after you get off the call. <laughs> um, let me talk. I'm, I'm interviewing Luke also. So that's coming up. We haven't, uh, and this is going to air probably in about a month or so after we actually do this interview, but I want to talk to him about this as well. But you guys actually had an interesting background before you got into real estate, right? You mentioned in 2013, moving down there and, and kind of accidentally falling into it. But you want to talk a little bit about where you guys uh, came from and, and how that led to where you are now? Yeah, yeah. So Luke and I both, Luke is still in the music industry, uh, but he and I both played in touring bands that nobody's ever heard of, just like sloppy punk rock bands uh, for years. Uh, and then I was on the business side of the music business. I was a marketing manager after I got my master's, uh, decided, you know, it's time to be a big girl now. Uh, so got my master's working on the, the business side. And then just, we kind of fell into real estate that way, but Luke and I are both retired touring musicians. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awesome. I mean, you can kind of tell if, uh, you know, Luke still got the look. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Or he has star. beautiful hair. Yes. I married him because of that hair. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, now's the time we're going to transition into the final segment of our show. We call it the final four. These are four questions that I ask all of my guests. And the first question for you, Avery, is uh, what's the worst job that you ever had? In college, I worked at Gold's Gym. I was technically a personal trainer, but I didn't really ever make it that far. I had a few clients, but, uh, since I was new, I was doing a lot of like wiping the sweat off of machines and wipe, like pulling every single weight off of everything and wiping it down and putting it back for like uh -huh. $7 an hour. So that was kind of horrible, but 
Yeah, we all we all do those kind of jobs in college of some kind. Not yeah. not necessarily wiping mm-hmm. sweat off things, but you know, <laughs> you yeah. just, what's a, a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? The obstacle is the way by Ryan Holiday. Especially being in the client business, I I'm a pretty anxious person. Uh, you know, if I feel like people are are being mean to me or are unhappy with me, then it really affects me. And you know dealing with the general public, you feel like that a lot, you get kind of beat up. So that book really helped me get past like, the only reason you're feeling this way is because you're allowing yourself to feel this way. So uh, that one was a big, a big help to me for dealing with public and client work. Wow. That is a good book. I'm definitely going to put that in the show notes over here. And um, yeah, that's something that a lot of people can use that uh, mindset, that mentality of Definitely putting that one in. Um, what is a skill or talent that you would like to learn? So we spend half the year in 30A, which is on the Florida Panhandle. And I would really like to learn how to do, I don't even know what it's called yet. I'm so new. Uh, the stand-up paddleboarding. Uh, that looks really awesome because the the beach here, the water can be super flat. And I always see people out there standing up with the paddle boards and it looks like a lot of fun and really relaxing. So <laughs> that's on my list. There you go. Yeah. I don't know what that's called either, but uh, it's like, I guess it's called stand up paddleboarding. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you'll figure it out once you go down to the water. Okay. Awesome. Final question for you is what does success mean to you? Success to me is the freedom of time. So if I'm doing something for a living that is allowing me to, for me, it's spending more time with our kids. So, uh, you know, if I'm able to spend uninterrupted time paying 100% attention to my kids, the more of that I can get, the more of what I'm doing for a living allows me to do that, the more successful I think I am. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, I definitely relate to that. And Especially when they're young, right? You want to make mm-hmm. sure to spend as much time as possible and uh, just enjoy them. <laughs> because I, I've got a couple of teenagers and I can tell you. Oh my goodness. Enjoy them <laughs> while they're young. Oh <laughs> uh, Yeah, I've got two in diapers. So we're on different levels right now. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you and, and learning more about your business. It's pretty incredible what you guys have done and continue to do. And I wish you a tremendous success. Avery, where can our listeners find you? What's the best way for them to reach out? They can find me most easily at theshorttermshop.com or on Instagram at theshorttermshop. I check the Instagram messages personally, so it's a good way to get a hold of me. There you go, the short term shop. And you guys, believe me, check it out. You won't be disappointed. This is, uh, is going to be the new boom uh, for sure. I'm just, I've been watching it for the past six, eight months or so and just seeing it skyrocket in that short amount of time. So I just know it's going to continue. And yeah, Avery, it's been a pleasure. And as always to our listeners, remember the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, 
please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and love to hear from you.